You're about to listen to the IC News podcast. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, we could really use your help. Word of mouth is the best way to help us reach a wider audience. If you like this nonsense, take a second to leave us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. Tell your friends, share the link, shout it from the rooftops. Get shot whilst innocently praising the podcast off that rooftop by a police sniper who mistakes your phone for a handgun because you're black. Have your death go viral so that we can piggyback on the wider narrative that institutional racism and unconscious bias is still rendering it impossible for people of color to truly experience justice in this world. Or just share the link. Whatever you're comfortable with. Oh, and enjoy the show. You're listening to the IC News Emergency Broadcast System. Stay safe and stay at home. Britain celebrates VE Day with a boring performance from the Red Arrows, who all have to fly at least two metres apart and release all their coloured smoke into a snood. The government fails to hit its 100,000 daily testing target for several days in a row, in the most predictable run of misses since Stevie Wonder's short-lived archery career. A key scientific advisor to the government has resigned after breaking lockdown to shag his mistress, in a move that Boris Johnson was quick to criticise as plagiarism. And finally, a Cambridge University lecturer has warned that festivals, concerts and live entertainment are all likely to be a total write-off for the whole of 2020, meaning that stand-up comedians whose live work peaked in 2009 but are still somehow clinging onto the dream with their fingertips are going to start sounding increasingly desperate in their topical podcasts. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the IC News Emergency Broadcast System. We're here to lift you up in lockdown, to inform you in isolation, to serenade you in solitude, and to publicly shame you on social media if you didn't bring any pims to the street party. What's this? Audi own brand summer punch? Did you want the fucking Nazis to win? It's day of the coronavirus lockdown. If you've been reading the papers, you might be getting a weird tingly feeling in your belly that feels uncannily like hope, as nearly all of them have been waving their union jacks, gleefully wanking off their pit bulls, and speculating wildly that tomorrow will see the first clasps on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant loosened. That's right, we're taking our first tentative steps on the path to having our faces melted off by the eldritch horrors imprisoned within, and it feels lovely. Here's Tom King with more. Thanks, Sam. Next time, watch your fucking tone, please. I'm not here to answer to the likes of you. Now, tomorrow, the Prime Minister is set to outline the government's plans for easing the UK lockdown. There's a chance this might feel premature to you, given the fact that this week we topped Italy in the shittiest league performance since Derby County's 2008 Premiership run. When it comes to what exactly will be announced, Boris Johnson is potentially up against his own party, with several senior Tories now muttering concerns that the lockdown should be ended sooner rather than later. The Prime Minister's own brush with death may have instilled some genuine caution in him. He seems to want a slow withdrawal, something he's never done before, either with the EU or any of his secretaries. It's impossible to predict what Boris might say, of course, beyond the obvious ums and ahs and sunlit something or other. What's clear already, though, is that the positions of governments all over are beginning to shift away from the preservation of life and towards economic recovery. 
The mask hasn't just slipped for the Conservatives. It's fallen clean off both their two faces. Brits now need to be weaned off the furlough programme, what with all the pesky addictions to food and shelter we've developed since it started. Now, the use of that sort of language in the press is as deliberate as it is callous. It subtly shifts the responsibility for the awful hardship and uncertainty onto the very people who are suffering it. It's the typical pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps bollocks that we really should have come to expect from the Tories by now. The only problem is that lockdown took all our boots off us so we couldn't go outside. There's no beating around the bush on this one. There is no easy and obvious path to chart here. Lockdown is easy for some, but it's a living nightmare for others, and the economic damage is unsustainable in the long term. That damage will cost lives one way or another, and the debts incurred have the potential to drag down living standards for years to come. It has to be lifted in a way that manages the risks, protects the NHS, and safeguards those returning to their jobs from dangerous working conditions. The real question is, and I really hope Matt Hancock will excuse my tone here, can we really trust this duplicitous, unethical, incompetent shower of cunts to manage that transition? Actually, I'm a man, aren't I? It's probably fine I said it like that. Now... One of the possible approaches the government is considering is to tap the brakes on the furlough programme, cutting the amount people can receive and, yep, you've guessed it, incentivising them to return to work. It's the old Tory doctrine that enforced poverty will get you up off your arse and they stick to it even when it was them that ordered you to plant yourself on the sofa in the first place. Now, quite what jobs there will be to return to from our forced economic inactivity remains to be seen. Maybe all those sacked Virgin Atlantic employees can start lucrative new careers as toucan-beaked plague doctors or rat catchers or laudanum peddlers. It's the centrists I really feel sorry for. Imagine convincing yourself that Rishi Sunak is a dashing, square-jawed financial progressive, only to look on in horror as he turns around and toe-punts the most vulnerable groups in the country straight in their Billy Elliots. We've got one thing to look forward to, of course. The fact that Boris Johnson doesn't like the word austerity. Now, if you think that means the inevitable post-lockdown tax hikes are going to hit the Alan Sugars of this world... I've got 30,000 coffins to sell you. I can't wait to see how he rebrands it. I don't know about you, but I think it's about time me and my family were weaned off our financial security. We'd started to become far too comfortable with it. I'm Tom King, and I'm an addict reporting for IC News. Thanks, Tom. The path out of lockdown, of course, is bound to be a dangerous and winding one for just about everybody apart from the American president, who seems to have decided instead to slam his foot down on the accelerator and drive his country home through a mountain of corpses. Just in case you haven't been paying attention, it's all in the name of getting him re-elected, with Trump pinning all of his hopes on an economy showing decent signs of recovery. The stakes for November couldn't be higher. Thank goodness, then, that the Democrats have selected a flawless candidate to stand against him in the next election. Just kidding, obviously. Everything is terrible, and everything about this timeline smells like a burning bin of medical waste outside a dysentery clinic. Holding her nose and standing nearby, this is Alison June Smith.
Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. Joe Biden. He's the man who is now set to go head-to-head with Donald Trump this November in what is shipping up to be the battle for the very heart of America. Will it be the old white guy who's recently struggled to string a coherent sentence together? With a history of questionable interactions with women? Or will Donald Trump win again? I'm joking. Obviously. And as a woman... You've got to laugh because, Jesus fucking Christ, if you don't, some asshole will only tell you to smile more from the window of a passing van anyway. That is an offensive and misandrist stereotype, and personally, I believe all allegations of sexual assault should be considered legitimate and only dismissed when they fail to meet a reasonable evidentiary standard. Also, nice tits. (laughs) It's time to grit our teeth and accept reality, ladies. It's November. Feminists in America can raise a glass to the death of the Me Too movement. Safe in the knowledge that whichever box they end up ticking, it'll be a vote for yet another entitled pensioner who's been publicly accused of at least one serious sexual assault. In March, former staffer Tara Reid alleged in a podcast interview that Joe Biden attacked her in 1993 when he was the senator for Delaware. The Democrats have been quick to downplay Ms. Reid's allegations, with Biden himself eventually denying them completely and asking the Senate to open its records to find any evidence of her initial complaint. Given Trump's appalling track record with women and the many allegations of misconduct hanging over his own head, this was always going to be a tricky ball for the Republicans to play. That's not stopped them taking a pun at it, though. Spoiler alert. A woman's harrowing account of how she was assaulted by a powerful man has now become a political football. It's been as predictable as it is gross that both sides would elbow a potential victim out of the way in order to try and put their spin on her story. Democrats who demanded a full investigation into Brett Kavanaugh's history before he joined the Supreme Court are now forced to defend Biden. In response, Republicans are screaming hypocrisy, claiming their opponents' liberal outrage for women's suffering only applies when it's politically convenient. The press treatment of Miss Reed feels a bit like watching the Robocop reboot. It feels familiar, but it's absolute dog shit and painful to watch. Realistically, there are only two people who know the truth of what happened between her and Biden. And it's not unusual at all for genuine survivors of sexual assault to struggle with their recall of the event or change their stories. Biden's attempt at transparency doesn't mean much unless he authorizes the release of records held at the University of Delaware, as well as those at the Senate itself. The problem is that Republicans are desperate to get their hands on all of Biden's Delaware records in order to find anything they can to discredit him, and nothing short of a full release will satisfy them. The Democrats, who have long demanded Trump's records and tax returns in the name of full transparency, now have to defend the exact same shitty closed-door tactics they criticized him for. 
This he said, she said allegation is unlikely to be proven or disproven to the satisfaction of either camp. It's going to dominate this election, and it leaves women in America with yet another insulting choice. It's no comfort to anyone considering voting for Biden that Trump's alleged record is worse. I mean, Jesus Christ, is it so much to ask that we can have just one American election where neither candidate is a potential rapist? This situation sucks. And it's a major obstacle for women like Elizabeth Warren, who might be toying with the idea of accepting a position as Biden's running mate. How do you position yourself as a progressive and an ally to women when there's a possibility that the man you're backing is pressing women up against your platform and molesting them? Every time we try and smash the patriarchy, it feels like a shard of it bounces back and stabs us in the pussy. I'm Allison June Smith, desperately hoping Bernie Sanders has at least kept his hands to himself, reporting for IC News. All of a sudden, you become a wealthy guy, you're a famous guy, then you become president, and people just, people that you've never seen, that you've never heard of, make charges. The absolutely gorgeous Alison June Smith there. Ah, oh, didn't she do well? Here at the network, we don't want you to feel that it's all doom and gloom out there. Lockdown has been a difficult and depressing time for everybody, but if there's one thing we all love, it's cuddly animals and unsanctioned social experiments conducted by private enterprises with absolutely no regulatory oversight. You may have noticed that you haven't heard from our most expendable correspondent for some time now. It's not because we've finally killed off every incarnation of him that we've stockpiled from the multiverse. Far from it. Rob Mulholland has been deep underground in every sense of the term, in an attempt to find out which one of our furry friends are the best for boosting our mental health. That's right, it's cats versus dogs versus a global pandemic. Ah. Hello everybody, this is Rob13. Unlucky for some, given the track record of my parallel selves here at the network. Not for me this time, though. I'm originally from Earth Bravo Doomsday Maya 2012. On my Earth, an overwhelming sense of impending dread is very much part of our national identity. So when I see news on Earth Prime asked me to take part in this social experiment, I jumped at the chance. This is day one of total lockdown for me. I'm in a secure underground bunker, uh, completely shut off from the possibility of infection from the outside world. I've got a home entertainment system, a library of books, games consoles, music and exercise gear. There's a chemical toilet, months of supplies worth of food and an air filtration system that should keep me completely safe. More importantly, I'm not alone down here. For company, I've got my cat, Mr Tiddles. He's been by my side for the last eight years, and there's no one I'd rather have with me for the duration of this mock apocalypse. Isn't that right, boy? <coughs> Who's a pretty boy? Yes, you are. I'll be making these audio logs regularly, and pretty soon I'll hopefully have some insight for you into the psychological cost of complete isolation. For now, though, this is me and Mr. Tiddles signing off. Alexa, stop recording. 
It's day eight, and I've got to say, things are going okay. I'm quite used to the plasticky taste of the water at this point. Um, it gets pretty hot using the induction stove down here, and it takes a good couple of hours for that heat to dissipate. I'm not going to lie, I'm beginning to wonder if having a litter tray in a hot, confined space like this was that good an idea. Oh, I'm kidding, obviously. You're getting me through all this, aren't you? <laughs> Fucking hell, alright. Calm down, mate. Alexa, stop recording. Day 10. The dam broke on my, um... masculine self-control today. The lack of doors means there's not a lot of privacy, um... I was playing Tomb Raider and the urge overtook me. That was two hours ago and the, the cat's not come out from under the sink yet. <coughs> Jesus, alright. Well, you don't hear me complaining when you sit there tonguing your asshole. Alexa, stop recording. Day 13. I finished all three Tomb Raider games and I'm pretty sure I've blistered it. Alexa, stop recording. No way around. I've oh. got to cross. Yeah. You climb climb those stairs. Yeah. Go on. Bounce for me, Laura. Go on. Oh, just a little further. Go on. Yeah, jump up. Go on, jump a little higher. Oh, fuck, fuck. Why is that little... Alexa, stop recording! Day 18. <coughs> fucking, fucking hell. Stop it, will you? This is bad. It's getting really bad. Uh, the chemical toilet doesn't seem to be coping with the cat litter. Um, it, it stinks in here. It's hot and it stinks and this... Ah! This fucking cat is driving me mental. Like, leave it, will you? Leave it! Alexa, stop recording. Day 21. I don't know if it's the smell. Oh, the loneliness, or oh, this infected cat scratch on my leg, but I think I'm seeing things. Uh, the cat never comes out from under the sink now. It's not touching its food. Uh, when I do see it, I look in its eyes and I swear I see Lara Croft. I just... I miss physical contact. I miss feeling part of something. I miss fresh air and vegetables. <laughs> Fucking broccoli. <laughs> Alexa, stop recording. Hey, kitty, 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 kitty. Daddy's got a treat for you. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Oh, the smell. Oh, the smell. Lara! 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 There you are. Come here. I missed you. No. Come here. <laughs> You're mine now, Lara. Come to Daddy. <laughs> no, no, wait. Shit. Day 27. I 
fell two days ago, hit the back of my head on the counter. I can't, I can't lift my chin. I can't feel my arms or my, or my legs. Can't feel them. I can't feel them, my legs. There you are, Mr. Tiddles. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Please forgive me. I know you love me. Get help. Please. You can do it, Mr. Tiddles. I believe in you. Ah, no! No! Ow! My nose! No! Mr. Tiddles! Mr. Tiddles! Mr. Tiddles! No, stop! Stop! Ow! No, Mr. Tiddles! No, stop! Fascinating stuff from Rob13 there. I'm now joined in the studio by Rob14, who, as part of the same experiment, was isolated in a separate bunker with his dog. Rob, how did you find it? It was fine. Had a great time. Really bonded. <laughs> Animals. Now that brings us to the end of our regularly scheduled programme. Time now for the stories you may have missed. A third Russian doctor has taken a mysterious fall from a hospital window after speaking up about PPE shortages in the country. And in next week's news, he'll commit suicide in his hospital bed by shooting himself in the back of the head three times. Nicolas Cage has been cast as Joe Exotic in an upcoming TV adaptation of the Tiger King story, meaning he'll be directly competing with several of the cats to see who can chew the most scenery. Nigel Farage has been visited by the police for breaking lockdown with a trip to Dover to moan about migrants, just to really drive home the message that since Brexit he's become completely non-essential. And finally, Elon Musk and Grimes name their first child a bizarre sequence of letters and symbols. There's been a lot of speculation as to what it means, so here at IC News, we're thrilled to reveal that it means that shitloads of money really will turn you into an intolerable pair of pricks. You've been listening to the IC News Emergency Broadcast System. Thank you and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please take a second to help us out by leaving us a rating and a review on whichever platform you're listening on. We can only grow with the support of all of you, and anything you do to tell people about the show is really appreciated. Shine on, you beautiful diamond. We release new episodes of the podcast at 8am, each and every Saturday. Every episode is written and produced by Sam Gore. In this episode, you heard his voice, as well as the voices of stand-up comedians, Allison June Smith, Tom King, and Rob Mulholland. Give them a Google, and check out their work when you can. The main theme for IC News is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design is by Chumchi.com. We'll be back next Saturday at 8am. See you then.